Hey, so my next guest is from Gilroy, California. She is a yoga practitioner, a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and she's coming off a win against Angela Samaro via rear naked choke this past August. She'll be stepping back into the cage at Invicta 33 to face Jamie Moyle. Welcome to the Evolve WMMA podcast featuring women who go against conventional thinking to pursue their dreams. These fighters inspire, empower, and unleash excellence within a new generation of female warriors as they rise and evolve into the best possible versions of themselves through the power of mixed martial arts. Hey, 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 this is Evolve WMMA, and I'm your host, Shelly Devine. And I'd like to welcome to the show, Brianna, the Bull Van Buren. Hi, Brianna. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited to have you. I've had so many uh, people so far from um, Invicta 33, actually even from Invicta in general, been interviewing quite a few of you, you wonderful athletes who are so kind to come on while you're training and doing many, many other things, I'm sure. So I really don't know too much about you, and I'm sure some, some people do, some people don't, but could you give us um, a little background on, on yourself and how you got involved in MMA? Yeah, so um, basically, um, my name is Brianna. Uh, my nickname is uh, The Bull. Um, I got my nickname from my grandfather um, when I was a little girl. Um, he used to call me it's uh, El Torito, which means the baby bull in Spanish. Um, so that's how I got my nickname. Uh, mm. I trained under Anthony Figueroa, which is um, also a father figure to me and my uncle. Um, and so, um, how I got started was through Anthony Figueroa. Um, I started training at a very young age. I was introduced to, uh, mixed martial arts at the age of, I want to say 13, 14. Wow. And, um, yeah. And so I, you, I came from playing soccer. Um, I used to play soccer and then, um, my uncle had a gym in his garage at his house and uh basically he would go and train for like for fights and whatnot because he at the time was an active uh professional mma fighter as well and i thought it i i've always thought it was like kind of cool to just you know get involved and i had like this my thing was i also at the time i was interested in Layla ali which is a professional uh, boxer. Mm -hmm. And so um, when, while my uncle was doing MMA, I was thinking to myself, well, I want to become a professional boxer. I want to be, I want to one day, I want to fight Layla Ali. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, you can train me to become a professional boxer. And he was just like, what? Like, you know, like, just this, this little girl, you know, basically just coming up with what, like, what are you, what are you talking about? You're talking nonsense, you know? Mm. So then anyhow, um, I decided to train kickboxing for fitness. And then ever since then, I can say I fell in love with kickboxing and MMA and whatnot. And then, um, it kind of just kind of grew on to me. So that's how I started. Wow. So it was in your blood. It was definitely in my blood. My grandfather was also um, gold, uh, boxing Golden Gloves champion. And then Anthony is also uh, a Golden Gloves uh, boxing champion as well. And he holds some other belts in kickboxing and, you know, mm -hmm. Muay Thai and whatnot. And along with uh, just, yeah, it's basically in my blood. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, um, did you have like a sensation in you where you really, it really dawned on you like, oh my gosh, as even as a young girl that I, I really have to do this as opposed to playing soccer. 
Um, not necessarily. It didn't really, it wasn't like, as far as like, oh my gosh, I really have to do this or, or anything like that. I kind of, I kind of just like went with the flow. Like, I don't even think at the time, like me wanting to do boxing or kickboxing or, you know, whatever my uncle was doing. Um, it wasn't even like, I didn't really take it like, as like, I need to do this. I have to do this because my family is doing it. It was more so like, I just want to do what, whatever my, my CEO aunt is doing pretty much at the time, because I thought it was cool, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. that's how it started. <laughs> did you, did you used to watch any of the, uh, the fights on TV or any boxing on TV? Like any of the, the big names, any of the big boxers and stuff? As, as a young girl, I remember um, doing it. I remember watching Muhammad Ali on my dad's lap when I was little. Yeah. <laughs> so never, honestly, yeah. So honestly, I never really got into boxing as far as like, I remember my uncle taking me to a couple of like local gyms um, in Gilroy uh, where I was born and raised. Um, as far as like, okay, you want to box, like, let's go over here and like, let's work some boxing techniques or let's, you know, I'll help you out with some boxing techniques in the garage and stuff like that. But as far as like watching professional boxers, um, I mean, big names, maybe like Oscar De La Hoya every now and then Muhammad Ali, like you said, um, I would look up like YouTube videos and whatnot, but I was still watching videos of like kickboxers, MMA fighters, I would say, not so much of kickboxers, um, because that's what Anthony was doing. So when he he fought for strike force, so I would, you know, watch him fight live. I would watch like his, you know, his teammates fight live and, you know, Kung Lee and, you know, all these other other professional mixed martial artists. at the time, but I wasn't even interested in like fighting when, like when I was training, I was just kind of like, I wanted to do it, but I was just like, sounds cool. Right. right yeah. <laughs> but never really. So, yeah. yeah. So when you, when you were watching like even strike force, when the women started up on strike force, you know, seeing like Misha Tate or, or Chris Cyborg mm-hmm. or any of the other women that had, you know, early in the earlier days, I mean, did that inspire yeah. you as well when you saw that? 100%. So I would say at the time, um, Chris Cyborg was very, like, she was big to me. And I think at the time, nobody really like knew her. Until I think after when she fought Gina Carano, I think that's when she became like this like huge like oh my gosh she stopped. I think Gina Carano was undefeated. Um, I can be wrong, but anyhow, Chris Cyborg was like I was like all about Chris Cyborg. I was all about Miriam Nakamoto. I was all about um, Kevin Ross. Uh, what what are the other ones? Uh, even like the people that even like my uncle I was like super big like on him I thought he was like the like the superstar right because Mm -hmm. I was like I just want to I want to do the same thing that he's doing so Mm -hmm. I remember getting tickets to actually go and see Chris Cyborg and Gina Carano fight and the day before they fought I went to weigh-ins and I went and yeah I have a picture I'll have to bring that picture up but um Maybe I'll throw it on my my Instagram or my Facebook so that yeah. way you can take a look at. It. That would be great. I have, yeah, I have a picture of actually meeting Chris Cyborg um, the day before the day of weigh-ins when she fought Gina Carano. I was in the back room and I think I got in through the back room from Anthony. I'm almost, like I'm pretty sure it was from my uncle. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was mind blowing. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, you know, I was like a kid in a candy store. Like just seeing all of these professional fighters, you know, so it was awesome. It was cool. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great story. That's, that's awesome that you, you were able to get snuck in too. Cause I can remember it's a lot harder now to get behind the scenes with the fighters unless you have some credentials yeah. or something like that, because I know back in the day I could get in a little bit easier. I could even get in the ring, you know, locally stuff. And now it's even yeah. just with the local stuff. So, you know, with all the commissions and everything. So you were very lucky to be able to do that. That sounds yeah. like a fun and gig. 
at, at yeah, 30, it was awesome. So yeah, even you know. Did yeah, you um? So. How did your folks feel about all this? Um. So I lived. Uh, Anthony took me in at the age of I want to say thirteen. I could be. It could be a little younger. Maybe maybe 12 turning 13 I'm not too sure I can't remember but um Anthony picked me in at a very young age and uh Anthony is basically my mother's brother um so he raised me um from the age of 12 13 and till now like so as far as like my mom um how did she feel about it she was she was all, all for it. She was like, you know, chase your dreams, do what you got to do, do what you mm -hmm. want. Like, you know, I, I'll support you. Mm -hmm. Um, my actual biological father, I had, I don't even know who or where, or what mm -hmm. he is. I grew, I grew mm -hmm. up with knowing that Anthony was basically a father figure to me. So mm -hmm. that's, that's like, even now to this day, I'm like, Anthony's like, he's, he's raised me my whole entire life. Even when I lived with my mom, like I, mm -hmm. I've always, Anthony is my godfather. So right. he was there. You know? Is your mom still so. in the picture or? Yeah. My, yeah. my mother's still in the picture. Um, my mom currently lives about two hours away from me, but I talk to her every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, we talk, we text, and she actually just called me right before I got on the phone with you to see how I was doing and whatnot. But yeah. 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 So how did, how, I, I'm, I'm, if you don't mind me asking, how did that work into your, into your life where your mom decided to let you stay with your, with, um, your uncle? Yeah. So basically, um, at a very young age, I had some, uh, problems living with my mother and um so we had came to an agreement where i was i was able to live with anthony and anthony took me in mm -hmm. and i'm actually going to be writing a book very soon on mm -hmm. um my personal life so uh once that book gets published and released and whatnot then you'll be able to learn more about who or exactly what I am and what exactly happened. So okay. thank you for that. Okay, so that sounds great. I know 13 can be a tultimous time for a young woman. So, right. um, and, and the mother and daughter relationship, I have a daughter and, you know, we, we went head to head, toe to toe at times when she was younger. So it, it, was, it was definitely challenging. And I know even with my mom being the oldest, I did have a younger sister. But um, I yeah. had to break through barriers with my mom um, as as yeah. a young girl. So it is there is a there is something that happens between moms and daughters that I'm not sure oh, what happens with guys. You know, there's a different transition there. With with women, it's a little more adversarial. You know, like yep, yep, yeah. I totally get. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm suspecting that's what maybe your book will be a little bit about. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I guess you'll have to stay tuned and continue to follow me and, and until you until you see like when my release date is on that book. But for sure there you'll you'll definitely know some more. Well, I'd love to get it and I'd love to do an interview with you once it's out and published and everything, too. So we'll just, you know, oh. put that on the put that you're invited back on the show once that pub once it's published. And, and uh, I, I love the idea of women um, actually in MMA. Uh, publishing books yeah. and stuff and, and uh, letting people learn about their lives and the challenges that yeah. they have as young women and to, you know, to get into the sport and why they did and all that. I think it's, it's, it's amazing. It's very um, empowering yeah. for other girls coming up. So that's cool. I love that. Right. That's great. Right. So you have this big fight coming up and you're actually coming off of a win. You had a fight in August, right? Under a... Yeah, I actually had a fight on my birthday in August. Yeah. Oh. It was on yeah, it was on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, and you submitted the girl, Rear Naked Choke. Uh-huh, Angela Samaro. Yeah. That fight was at about, uh, that fight was at 125, we weighed in at 125 pounds, yeah, so it was a little bit heavier than, mm -hmm. than uh, what I normally fight at, but 
Are you comfortable? I at, went at in. Heavier, comfortable at heavier weight or? Um, I'm comfortable. I'm com I feel better at straw weight. We'll just mm -hmm. say that. But I, I wouldn't say if I had to pick 125 or 115, I would definitely stay at 115. Yeah, cool. And so you got a fight in, uh, it's about a week away, and uh, you're, yeah. you're facing Jamie Moyle, and uh -huh. you both have very similar records. She's four and three, you're four and two, is that correct? Because sometimes I wonder if they have the right stats online. <laughs> on yeah, I'm four and two. I'm pretty sure she's four and three as well. Yeah. Uh, How do you think you match I'm up? Four and two. How do you think you match I'm up? I'm sorry? How do you think you match up with her? I think it's going to be a great fight. I really do think it's going to be a really good fight. I think um, as far as like the record wise and whatnot, I think it's really good four and three and four and two. I feel like that's pretty, you know, we're pretty, we're right there. Mm -hmm. They couldn't really find anyone for me that was like, that had anything similar. There's nothing, I, I feel like there's nothing better than this specific matchups uh for me specifically so i think it's gonna be a good fight yeah so you're a brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt actually i just got my brown belt Woo! congratulations yeah. that's huge yeah i yeah i just got my brown belt a few weeks ago um wow. from anthony Figueroa and uh leandro Vieira. so I am officially a brown belt now. Did you know when they awesome. were going to do it? Like, did you know ahead of time or did they just surprise you kind of with it and put you through a little test of some kind? <laughs> yeah. So basically how it happened was I was at wrestling practice and my uncle tells me, um, hey, uh, we're going to give anthony deke his brown belt and anthony deke is basically um another he's one of my teammates as well and um he's like we're gonna give anthony deke his brown belt today are you gonna be uh show up to jujitsu and so i'm like okay cool like you know had no idea yeah um <laughs> walked in and i saw like some some faces that i normally see in the morning class that i don't see in the evening so i was just kind of like oh okay like you know, cool. Like we have a good group here. Like everybody's here to support Deke. Like this is awesome. And then, um, like towards the middle of class, anyhow, he calls up, uh, Anthony Deke, the guy who he told me who was going to get his brown belt. And then, um, he called me up and then I noticed that other people were getting, were getting striped. So I still had no idea that I was getting a brown belt when he called me up. Um, and it was so funny because Leandro had uh, tape, like he had white tape, like he was gonna, put, he was putting stripes on my belt. And I'm like, wow, okay, like, cool, this is awesome. And then, and then uh, there was another guy, Mark Heinzer, also he was there and he was like, um, I don't think she's ready for toll holes yet or, you know, just joking <laughs> and whatnot. And my uncle grabs the brown belt and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, obviously super excited about it. Um, but I had, I had no idea wow. that I was getting the brown belt that day. Congratulations. Yeah, so. that's, a, that's a huge accomplishment. That really is. That's a lot of years of training. Really? Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually really excited to like, even after this fight, just to go and compete, like obviously in a brown belt division because everything's going to be new to me, right? Everything's, it's like, it's like a new world, basically, right? So mm. I'm excited for that as well. Oh, that's awesome. Could you share a personal habit or a daily routine yeah. that contributes to your success in achieving like, you know, your brown belt or, or being in, you know, fighting for Invicta? I'm sorry, you cut out on me. Can you say that again? I'm sorry. Sure, that's okay. Could you share a personal habit or daily routine that contributes to your success, like getting your brown belt or, or performing on, you know, getting into Invicta? Mm -hmm. Yeah, some I would say uh, would probably be like me waking up every day. Um, I lay on my, I have a bean bag 
I would totally show you, but it's upstairs. <laughs> um, I have, I have like this huge bean bag that I, I lay on, uh, I wake up every morning, write down my goals and basically go over what my day is going to look like. And, you know, uh, just, I try to, I try to map out my goals as much as I could. Mm. Speaking of goals, what are your goals for the next three years, personal or business wise? Yeah. So personal goals, business wise, uh, pretty much same thing. This is a lifestyle for me, right? So um, basically, I would say uh, my next couple of goals in the next three years is to try to become, well, to become the Invicta Strawweight Champion. Uh, that's on my list and to become the USC strawweight champion. Um, and then in between, uh, work on becoming a Nogi uh, brown belt uh, world champion, and then also a Gi uh, brown belt champion as well. And then just becoming a better person every day and striving to be you know, the best version of myself that I can be. And I think with me having those set goals, um, I, I'm going to become a champion in life. So business and personal, there you go. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, your last Invicta fight was like, was it two fights ago and you had a loss? Yeah, that yeah. was, I would say about two and a half, maybe three years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're coming back to Invicta again, like th this, this is your, your most recent upcoming fight. Um, do you feel like you got something to prove now because you had the loss before? I know you've had some wins since then, but stepping back into the Invicta cage. Yeah, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I feel like I need to uh, prove anything. Um, the only thing that I can do is become a better version of myself. So me going in there to try to say, oh, I need to prove something to to, you know, the people watching, eh, no, that's going to apply pressure on myself. And I'm not willing to willing to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but however, I would say, I'm coming in with a chip on my shoulder, for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm coming in, this is, you know, this is, this is my nine to five job. So I'm coming in to take what's mine, basically. Cool. So. I like the perspective. <laughs> And, and the shift in perspective of knowing the difference between like what's going to put pr additional pressure that might be kind of negative pressure as opposed to getting yeah. like positive kind of like, yeah, I'm going in there and I, and I have a chip on my shoulder, but I'm going to dig it and I'm going to love it and I'm going to be in there and I'm going to kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like, I I like that like you I, know that difference. That's cool. And you pointed it out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like I, you have to be that way because if, like if I go in there with so much pressure on my shoulders, like, oh, I can't, I, I can't perform the way I did last time, or I can't go in there with, you know what I mean? Well, well, obviously I, I can't. So, you know, that I, I don't want to. So why am I even going to apply that type of pressure on myself? Why am I even going to waste any energy even thinking about it? You know, mm -hmm. so you, you, you have to be that way for That's sure. Very cool. Can you share a story um, of a time in your fighting career when you had like an aha moment of realization? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't really know. I couldn't really tell you, but I can tell you that like, um, let me see. Uh, oh my gosh. I don't really know. I'll, I'll get back to you on okay, that Okay, that's fine. I think I, I there was um, a kick uh, kickboxing your first kickboxing tournament. Um, oh yes! You had a moment yes. where you kind of just, this is it, man. I'm doing this. What what was that? Yep. Like? yep. So my first kickboxing tournament again. Um, I was 14 years old when I first did my first kickboxing tournament. So young, yeah. And this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I will never forget this. Anthony signed me up for the women's adult division. Oh. And I was like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I obviously didn't say that. But in my head, I'm thinking like, what the heck? Like, you know, 
uh, adult division, my first kickboxing tournament, what the heck? And so anyhow, after when I won that tournament, I was like, uh-huh, this is what I want to do. This is, this is something that I'm going to stick to because it was addicting. You know, mm. at the time I was like, this is, this is, this is something I want. So yeah, that is definitely a, a aha for you. How would you describe the addicting kind of, or was it an obsession or addiction or how would you describe the feeling of that? I would say a little bit of both. Honestly, it's, it's more like an adrenaline rush that I get. Like even after my last fight, I remember texting my manager right away and was like, okay, I'm ready for the next one. And like everybody around me was like, like, you're crazy. Like, what the heck? Like, you need to soak this in. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, like, it's, it's more of, it's definitely an obsession. Like, even with training, like, I, I enjoy it so much that I'm like, I, I want it if that makes sense. I just want it all. Like I, you know, so it's definitely an obsession thing, but it's also like, I'm addicted to, to that feeling. I'm addicted to like, I can't wait to step back into the Invicta, in the, inside the Invicta cage, just because, just knowing that that feeling that I'm going to get, like, I almost crave it in a sense. Mm. It's, it's really hard to explain to you, but that's the, I get it. That's the, I get it. But other people need to hear, like, you know, like if they have mom, other moms or dads here, their daughter's wanting to do something like this. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. and then they'll yeah. have an understanding of it. I think, I think typically men do, women might not have an understanding yeah. of, of this type of, you know, for women to do this sort of thing. I think now more or less men do and, and women are, you know, catching on a little bit more. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're definitely right about that for sure. Um, I think a lot, even now though, too, I think it's since MMA is constantly evolving and like it's becoming, yeah, it's still a male dominant sport, but I still feel like since there's so many females who are like, you know, coming up and whatnot, I think even like other people outside of that are now coming to an understanding like okay like we I can do it or you know oh this girl is doing it it's you know it's empowering and you know absolutely absolutely I was just talking to a friend of mine and I was saying um you know martial arts is really one of the things that had really empowered me as a woman and made me feel a lot more confident like just even walking down the street if somebody was you know you know, doing something, you know, like just saying something derogatory because you're a woman or whatever you were like, and you didn't walk around afraid to walk down a street or something like that, which was huge. And, and I think as, as young girls, which maybe, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when you were like 13 and you're going through the changes of your body and everything, and, and you're being noticed in a different way, you're like, Oh, Ooh, it changes you from the earlier years, maybe one, you know, to seven or eight, where you're like, you don't have those kind of fears of being a girl. And then all of a sudden, right. the sex thing comes in and there's, there's a predatory kind of thing that happens. You always kind of have to be a little bit careful. And you, you somehow sense that. And I think martial arts, um, I know it gave me a little bit more, uh, confidence. I, I mean, I was always confident, but it it gave me more, even more confidence than. Right. And that's, right. And that's another reason why I, I think why I enjoy it. Cause I also teach martial arts as well. And I also have my God sister, Alexa, uh, who is very young as well that you know you see all you have I teach all these little girls and I want them to be able to feel like you know they can do it too yeah you know what I mean like they, it it opens up a door for like you said it makes them feel confident but not only that they're just they're happy they're expressing themselves in another outlet so yeah. for sure yeah, they're they're allowed to really um, fulfill or their 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 willpower, you know, like and, and right. really express their willpower and see it in full bloom. I think, you know, when you're, I mean, right. when you're in the cage and you're pummeling somebody, you are full willful everything, and you're not holding anything back. And how many other 
areas in your life can you really do that in? Right. And put, you know, your whole heart. And I mean, most, most often you're in the cage, you're putting your whole heart and soul into that, that experience. And where else, uh-huh. I mean, where else do you get a chance to do that completely on, on that? Like no inhibitions, nothing is holding you back. You know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah. I, I find I totally it fascinating. Can. Like I, I just, I find it, the sport is just so fascinating when you look at awesome. the, whole, the whole gamut of it. So, um, yeah. Uh, what has been your greatest challenge, um, dealing with fear and, and how have you overcome it? Um, so greatest challenge of dealing with fear, to be honest with you, I, I don't really know, like my greatest challenge in dealing with fear is like, I try So before back I would say maybe when I was like, I was 16, 17 years old, my biggest fear was always, um, I was afraid to become like successful or to reach my dreams. Like that was one of my biggest fears. Like I, I have, I do a lot of journaling. Mm -hmm. So looking back, I would always say my biggest fear is not going after my dreams or not, you know, not going for it. And now I would say, how am I overcoming that is just by doing it, just ripping the bandaid off and doing it. Mm-hmm. I have a fear with spiders. And so I'm like, I, I don't like spiders no either. <laughs> like I absolutely hate them. Like if there is a spider, there was a spider the other day and I had FaceTimed. Um, well, I actually called my fiance and I was like, you know, there's a spider, like, this is a huge spider, like, and he's like, okay, kill it, like, why, like, why are you calling me, you have to kill the freaking spider, like, why, I, I can't kill it You for called you. him to come and, and do like, it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I can't kill it, and I, like, froze up, like, I literally just froze up, I was like, I can't kill it, and so anyhow, I ended up, his, his best friend, he was with his best friend, his best friend Jordan was like well spray it with something and I'm like okay like I'll just spray it with something and hopefully I'll hope it dies and so (laughs) I sprayed it and it like started running off and it like ran away and I was like okay I'm just gonna leave it alone like I didn't kill the spider I was so terrified that like I couldn't I I feel like I kind of freeze up anyhow I ended up killing this the spider so I'm proud of myself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Got rid of that darn little bug. Oh my God, the poor spider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no spiders in your house. Oh man. No way. Mm-mm. No way. So I just um, have I have a bunny. I have a bunny, and I'm hoping my even I have a a, a French lop-eared bunny. Oh, they're named Thumper. Thumper. Oh. Yeah. How do you and, like? And how do you like having a bunny? Are they easy to take care of? They're honestly, when we, before we got this bunny, because we, uh, originally I wanted a puppy and I was like, I really want a puppy. Like, you know, they're so cute. And, you know, I was looking at puppies and everybody was like, no, like you, you're like, you have, you don't have too much time on your hands to like take care of a puppy. Like, you know, you, you're training 24 seven, like you can't do it. Like you shouldn't do it. And so um, I didn't get a puppy and I'm like, what about a French lop beard? And everybody was telling me you should totally get a bunny. Like bunnies are cool. Like they can take care of themselves. And honestly, I think that's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. I think that it is so hard to take care of a bunny. Okay. It might be a little bit, it might be just as hard as taking care of a puppy or a dog or whatever you would call it. Um, just because you have to, you have to make sure you still have to, you have to feed her. I have to, um, clean, still clean her. She makes a mess. Like, you know, I, I absolutely enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if somebody were to decide, Oh, I'm going to get a bunny instead of getting a dog because they're easier to take up, take care of. I think that's absolutely BS. I'm calling (laughs) BS on that. So I almost, I was looking at bunnies myself. That's why I was asking. I was like, can you, can you housebreak them and like, and train them to go in like a litter box or something? Can you train them? Okay. So 
Yeah, she's definitely potty trained. In the beginning, it was very hard to get her potty trained. So she will uh, go to the bathroom in her litter box. Um, however, uh, she will still, like, she runs around. They love to, like, dig and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. I remember when we first got her, she was underneath the couches. She was, like, ripped, like, tearing, like, chewing on, like, the wood, like, on the corners oh, and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't feel. So there, it's very hard. It's definitely very hard to take care of uh, French lobsters. Okay. So. Well, you cured me. <laughs> but they're fun. They yeah. are fun. They're so cute. They're so cute. Yeah. I'll just come and visit yours. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You have my number, so just call me whenever you, you want to come visit her. You would love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so how do you see yourself as a role model for young girls or young or women, new fighters coming up? Nope. Oh, I think I lost you. <laughs> we had a little <laughs> difficulties. We're back in action. Um, All right. Oh, yeah, I was going to lead into my next question. Can you tell us um, a story of a time on your journey that you experienced failure and what did you learn and how did you kind of overcome it? Yeah, um, I would say for my own personal uh, self, I still like um, my last Inv Invicta fight, for an example. For me personally, I felt like I didn't go out there and get to perform the way that I felt like I should have, should have, excuse me. Um, and basically, uh, me overcoming that and being able to uh, bounce back and move forward, um, I would say that is definitely one. That's well, yeah, you got to kind of like get back in there and, and just get back to training and, and all that. Right. Right. And that's exactly what I done. Good. <laughs> Good. And you're ready now. You're ready yes, now. Yes, ma'am. So how do you see yourself as a role model um, for girls or young women coming up maybe in the sport? What do you mean? Uh, do you see your Do you see yourself as a role model, as as um, a a professional mixed martial artist to young women? Um, maybe you know. I mean, sometimes you see people, you know, like you see Chris Cyborg, and and people look up to her. You know, she she might be a role model as an athlete and and um, as a female fighter living a certain lifestyle and everything, do you see yourself as a role model to, you know, maybe some of the girls that you're teaching at the gym or some of the, the students you have or just in life in general? Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. So a hundred percent, I definitely see myself as a um, role model to um, not only to like the younger girls in the community, but also um, women who who could be either my age or even older. Um, I tried to, I tried to just set a, like a really good example for uh, just everybody around me, let alone. Um, and again, that falls back on just me just being able to be the best version of myself. And if I can focus on that, I think everything else will kind of just fall into place. Um, but as far as me being a role, mo role model for uh, the younger girls, I definitely see myself, uh, I can definitely see myself doing that um, and playing that as well. Uh, that's the main reason why I teach, why I um, enjoy being around um, other, you know, females who, who like to empower other women. So. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I noticed um, you, you, you're a yoga practitioner, aren't you? You practice yoga? Um, I, I don't teach yoga. Um, I do go to uh, Best uh, Yoga located in Morgan Hill. And uh, also, Wendy has a studio in Gilray as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, I do go to yoga as well. Yeah, how do you how do you think that helps with your your martial arts training? 
Uh, I think it plays a huge factor um, as far as just being able to, for me, I use it as a part of my visualization. Um, I do a lot of visualizing and I think for yo doing some yoga for me, it helps me with that. It helps me with uh, also my stretching as well, mm -hmm. making sure that I'm getting the stretching that I need to be getting in. Um, let's say if I can't do it on like a, you know, a high intense uh, practice or training session, mm -hmm. I definitely try to use that. I actually might end up going to yoga tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to like it for recovery after, after a, a hard class or something like that, after a hard kickboxing that, class or something. Yep. That's actually another good, good one too, that I, I like to use it for recovery as well. Um, I feel like it can play a lot like into martial arts just in general. It depends how you use it. Like I know a couple of people who actually use it as part of like their training. They end up going to like yoga, I believe it's like yoga pop Pilates. Mm. Um, and they use that as part of their training and they say it's intense. Mm. Um, there's some people who use it as, you know, uh, just straight up just yoga going for it and just trying to challenge themselves to do every yoga uh, uh, position that they can do. Uh, my uncle calls it yoga sport. Mm -hmm. he, he'll tell me, are you going, are you going, did you do yoga sport today? Or, you yeah. know, um, but yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big yoga practitioner, so I, I get it. I've, I've been doing it for years and when nobody in martial arts was doing it and I was always encouraging the the men to utilize it for recovery back in the day, you know, I was like, guys, yeah. you got to do the all, you know, the, the complete opposite. And they, they needed to go and do more of the gentle yoga, not because they were just yeah. so, like, <laughs> you know, intense. Yeah. Beating yeah. the crap out of each other, every class, you know, yeah. <laughs> or every yeah. training That's session so or whatever. That's so awesome. Yeah, I think it's becoming more of a thing too now, especially um, like I, I feel like a lot of uh, even not only just MMA fighters, I feel like a lot of other athletes um, are now starting to join yoga too. Like they're starting to, to understand that. Yeah, so. you, need, you need the flexibility and the mobility, you know, like and, yes, and, and then too, it, it helps with calming the mind. And getting into mm -hmm. contemplation and visual, visualization, it makes it a lot easier for you to, to get into that, those states for sure. And really focusing yep. on, you know, manifesting your, your goals. <laughs> yep. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So, um, you know, has there ever been a time where someone said no to you or you felt inferior being a woman because you were a woman? And, and, you know, yeah. something holding you back from doing anything that you wanted to do. Right. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I felt um, like something was holding me back. Um, I've, I would say uh, going and showing up to practice and being around a bunch of men all day, mm -hmm. um, you could tend to feel that way. Just mm -hmm. seeing that, you know, me being like either the only female in the room or you know um for an example me showing up to practice and a guy going really light on me because I'm a girl or you know and then they realize oh okay well she's here to work well you know she's here for the same reason that I'm here for I would say that's the only that's like something as as similar as I can get <laughs> okay I understand that. I, I've had a, myself, I've had a lot of gamut between like feeling, um, you know, um, belittled because it was a woman in class. And then the other extreme yeah. is like what you just said. And then too, sometimes I, this was always the funny thing is like, if, if you're like, say in jujitsu, for instance, you're a brown belt mm -hmm. now, you have somebody come in who doesn't know you know, like maybe that you're brown belt because you, you're doing no gi, you know, and, and then they're trying to give you advice <laughs> and, and they only do it pretty much because you're a girl. Yeah. That has that's happened. a funny one. Yeah, that is, that is so funny. I was actually just talking to someone about this just recently. I was in no gi and, um, 
there was this guy that was at practice and he was like trying to like teach me how to do a move and we were all like we were all training but for some reason he was like oh I'll go with you and I'm like okay cool like you know we'll work we'll get some work in whatever Mm. and he was like trying to like trying to teach me something that had nothing to do with what we were doing and I'm like like I'm here to work buddy like let's work you know and he's like oh okay like you know maybe I can show you after or something and I was like yeah eh, whatever yeah you can show me after whatever like you know <laughs> there's been times, like some guys will like try to either like there have been times where like guys or not even uh, well yeah guys will just try to be like oh let me show you this or try to take the move apart and act like they know what they're doing mm. you know in a sense but mm. yeah yeah it's funny I, I always I get amused by it um so you have some really cool um t-shirts or you know gear that that you're you've posted on Facebook with this bull <laughs> it's your little bull and it has like the, the feathers and stuff in that like I mean it looks really cool yeah it's actually my next walkout t-shirt um it has uh basically it's the bull skull and it's really cool it has um the feathers and it also has a dream catcher as well which that's means what it is. I couldn't think of what it was called the dream catcher that's right yeah, it was a dream catcher. And then it's on the back. It's really cool. My fiance actually designed the shirt, um, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. so did you give him the idea or he just, he just was like, this is you. I'm going to put this. Yeah. So honestly, um, I kind of just told him what I wanted in my last fight, what I was looking for. And we kind of played with it. And then he, he like, basically what I tell him is like, okay, he'll be like, okay, what do you like? And then, or show me some, give me an idea. And so basically I'll just send him an idea and he'll just either take it and run with it and be like, do you like it? Or he'll, you know, and if I say, oh yeah, this is the one. Or if I say, no, I don't really like this one. Then he'll be like, okay, well, show me, give me another idea. And, you know, so we just kind of bounce ideas off of each other and then just take it yeah. or take it. <laughs> Oh, so this is a chance for you to kind of like, you know, tell people where to find maybe the, the t-shirt and if you want to give any shout outs to any of your sponsors or your teammates, or it's your own like little time for an infomercial. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. So unfortunately for the, t for the hoodies, actually we sold out. However, yeah, we sold out on hoodies and we have a, like, we have a few at the gym. Um, if anybody wants to purchase them, they can either uh, follow, um, they could direct message me and I will um, send them to the right person that that way they can order them. Um, as far as t-shirts and hoodies. So hoodies we don't have, unfortunately, but t-shirts you can still order. Mm -hmm. And then, um, Huge thank you to you. Uh, thank, I appreciate you for the time out of your day to, you know, set this up. Um, You're welcome. And I want to say thank you to all of my uh, sponsors. Um, there are so many, and I'm going to try my best uh, to remember everyone. I got Cafe 152 um, from Gilroy, California. They, they have been helping me out tremendously with this camp. Um, and then, uh, I want to say thank you to premier spine and sports, um, Dr. Brink. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And then, um, uh, Chris Shelton and Parissa Shelton, uh, they have been like my therapist. Like I, I like love them to death. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that they have done for me, even not only for this camp, but everything that they do outside of my camp as well. Uh, Julie Burns, um, Mark, uh, GFY, thank you guys very much. Uh, Matt, thank you. Uh, Controlled Chaos. Um, and then uh, I know I'm forgetting a lot of people. Oh my gosh. This is, this is, this, this yeah. is what, this, I, I don't like to like go over, like I need to have a, you know, a list 
uh, or a piece of paper. Uh, thank you to all of my uh, teammates, uh, family, friends, fans. Um, you guys can continue to follow me on social media. I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, you can follow me at Brianna the Bull. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter every now and then. I try to keep everybody updated on Twitter. Again, you can follow me at Twitter, Brianna the Bull, and then Facebook, it's just Brianna Van Buren. Okay? Awesome. And thank you. You're very welcome. Any shout out to your opponent at Invicta 33? <laughs> oh, uh, no, I'll see her this week. I'm sure I'll see her at weigh-ins. If not, I'll probably run into her before she she's out there earlier. But you know, we'll 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 meet we'll meet in the ring. I don't I don't really like to talk much. I let my talking do. I let my 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 hands do all the talking. So we'll we'll see. I like that. Okay. I let my hands do all the talking. I like that, Brianna. <laughs> Awesome. It was a pleasure yeah. having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I wish you a safe fight camp and good luck. We'll see. I'll be watching um, at Invicta 33. It's next uh, Saturday on the 15th. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Thank you. you too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. Wow. That was Brianna Van Buren, who will be facing Jamie Moyle on Saturday, the 15th at Invicta 33. So if you like what you heard and are eager to hear more, then remember to subscribe and download on iTunes. And oh yes, leave us an awesome review. It helps people find the show. And you can also listen while you're doing other things. You can find us at Podomatic, Shout Engine, and on Spotify at Evolve Women's MMA. Or if you prefer to watch, you can find us on YouTube at Women's MMA. Or you can simply follow us at Facebook.com backslash I love WMMA. This is Shelly Devine. Until next time, thanks for listening.